This is Hitting the Mark. Conversations with founders about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success. With your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Geierhalter. The person who drinks out of a hydro flask isn't really likely to drink out of a swell bottle. And a swell person really probably may not even drink out of a hydro flask either. And, and for me, that branding is sort of sort of the why. It, it's sort of the, the nexus. It's the starting point of everything else to come. This is episode 100 of Hitting the Mark. And we worked for months to ensure that we have a founder of a super iconic brand for you. One most probably all of you know and many of you own a piece of. To say we succeeded would be an understatement. You just heard from Travis Rosbach, who founded the world's most used water bottle brand that took the nation and the globe by storm, Hydroflask, from its iconic icon, pun intended, to its many colors and varied audience. Let me take you on a ride from Travis's background as a pilot, a scuba diver, and a marine captain to being presented a 99designs logo by a pricey marketing agency, to his one-liter bottle launch that, in fact, held 40 ounces. It is a wild ride. It is an educational ride. It is the ride of HTM 100. Thank you all for making this possible. Not only those of you who are supporting the show via patreon.com slash hitting the mark, but every single listener who gives me a reason to keep doing this. And I will, because I think it is awesome. And the world needs more free content and access to these amazing founder stories and learnings about brand building. And I will push past episode 100 come November. Until then, I will give you a chance to catch up on all of the episodes you missed and us a chance to gain some perspective and book some more amazing guests. One thing I can already promise you, episode 101 will be something to look forward to. Here's Travis, founder of Hydroflask on HTM. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, Travis. Oh, Fabian, thank you so much. This is a fantastic opportunity and I really appreciate you asking. Thank you. Beyond excited to have you be number number one hundred here. Um, this is a big episode for us. We are really we're really uh, grateful for for your time. Just as a little as a little intro, um, you were a scuba dive master. You were a marine captain. You were a commercial airline pl- pilot, um, and you also happened to run two successful companies before creating the world's most used water bottle brand, <laughs> Hydroflask. Um, how did your journey get you to the point where one day you just said the world needs me to create a better water bottle? Well, how much time do we have? <laughs> well, <laughs> I I think that on the you know especially on the topic of branding, that's why I was so honored and thrilled to come on the show because I love branding. I have forever seen a company, a business through the lens of its brand. And how do I feel about a company? And why do I feel what I feel about a certain company because of its brand? 
So I grew up in Salem, Oregon. I, I met my dad when I was about 14 down in the U.S. Virgin Islands and started going down to St. Croix, became a dive master and then a dive instructor and spent a lot of time on boats, traveling all over the planet, doing diving predominantly, and then got back to uh, the Virgin Islands and became a boat captain, got my 50-ton U.S. Merchant Marine boat captain's license. Hmm. But I was always really interested in business. I received a really robust bookshelf of business, self-help, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, Hmm. Wayne Dyer, Anthony Robbins. I kind of inherited this big bookshelf of all of these well-known legends of their trade when I was about 14. And it just stuck with me. I was like, I want to do business as much as I love scuba diving, as much as I love doing all that, I really want to do business. Um, But then I became an airline pilot flying seaplanes in the Virgin Islands, and then eventually a jet charter jet pilot, which was a lot of fun. Hmm. But at the same time, I just wanted to work for myself. And I wanted to, I wanted to make my own sort of TNC surf, my own gotcha uh, company. You know, I grew up wearing their their brands, their clothes, their logos and emblems. And I just, I kind of wanted to do that on my own. And then living in Oahu, started Oahu Signs and Screen Printing, which sort of morphed into kind of an agency, kind of branding, kind of marketing, kind of like a one-stop shopping sort of place for people in the Hawaiian islands to go to fulfill their branding and marketing needs. Hmm. But I wanted something more. And then one day I was thirsty. I stopped into a a local sporting goods store to buy a water bottle that was reusable. They didn't have any. And I said, what happened? You know, who's, you know, what's, what's going on here? Who's, who's liable for this? (laughs) Somebody (laughs) needs to get fired. There's no, no bottles on the shelf. And they said, well, there's this stuff. We're not really sure what it is. It's called BPA. It's, you know, the owner is French and she (laughs) saw it while she was visiting her family as a precautionary measure. She's pulled all the bottles. I said, well, who's going to fill up the shelf? And they said, nobody, there's nobody else doing it. It hit me in the back of my mouth. It came out my, uh, the back of my head. It came out my mouth. I will, I will do that. <laughs> and I was like, oh shoot. Now I got to go do a water bottle brand. I what have I done? About water bottles. Yeah. <laughs> I was just you thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was kind of kidding, but it just came out my wow. mouth and that before I could stop it. And so went back to Oahu signs and screen printing. I talked to the graphic designers. I'm like, because they were all younger than me and they were very hip and cool. What do I do? And they told me about uh, this one brand that was aluminum and it had BPA in it and it didn't work. Talked to my brother. He told me about a single wall metal one. It didn't work. Next thing I knew I was in China and (laughs) trying to figure out how to build a machine that could build a machine that could build a machine that would build a double wall vacuum insulated stainless steel water bottle. Well, that seems easy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was was just on a Tuesday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is insane. So you you immediately went to China trying to figure out how can we do that. Um, You haven't at that point ever done product before, right? No, 
Correct. I had no idea about doing products. And I mean, there are all those minimums and then you have to create machinery just for it. And it's like, you you started in you you started in Avalanche obviously um and uh, good good for you the Avalanche actually turned into not only a product but a product that people really really love um I <clears throat> I vividly remember the first time someone and that that someone has a name Sarah when 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 she brought the hydro flask bottle to a client meeting in my office um she was a consultant and the rest in the room were all clients from a from a financial corporation. And I, I, during the meeting, everyone like stared at that thing, at that hydro flask bottle, right? And what was funny, when I met the same client group two months later in the headquarters, five out of the seven people in the room had a hydro flask <laughs> bottle, right? Including myself. I was immediately, I'm like, I need that stuff. Like, that looks awesome. Like, that looks interesting. I need it. Everyone needs it. And so it was just insane how you hit the pulse of time, like the, the, the zeitgeist, right? Um, and not only like the moment where you went to the farmer's market up north and you're like, hey, I have this, do you want it? And people really wanted it. And then you started going into shops and you started selling it. But over years, that pulse of time just kept being there, right? Like, how do you, how do you explain that lightning speed adoption of your brand you know, like not only nationally, but later even internationally. Like, what do you think, what came together to make this happen? The stars aligned, really. Mm. I I think it was a lot of, a lot of little tiny fractional pieces of the pie that sort of made up the entirety of it. There were, you know, fundamentals and basics that, I would build into the standard operating procedures for the company. But really, I think the whole thing started with just the soul of the company, like the soul that was born that is now still today Hydro Flask. I think that was one part because I didn't really have a strong business background. I mean, I had I have no letters after my name. I have no degrees that I've ever accomplished. I, I have no real classic formal training in business whatsoever. So all I really had to go off of was my TNC, my gotcha, um, specialized bicycles, you know, uh, yeah. Tom shoes, like all <laughs> of these other brands that were sort of making it. I looked to, and, and, and dare I even say sort of Coca-Cola and McDonald's and who is, who is a, like a long-term company that is now had the privilege to be called a brand because a lot of businesses are just, they're just a business, you know, yeah. you go and you get your, your car fixed at Bob the mechanic, but to have an actual brand is it's kind of another level and that was what i aspired to i always wanted i didn't want anybody to ever drink out of a water bottle ever again i wanted them to drink out of a hydro flask i wanted hydro flask those two words to be synonymous with drinking liquid for every human you can drink out of a, hmm. a you can drink out of a can or a bottle but if 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 you're not drinking out of a can or a bottle you're drinking out of a hydro flask and and so I just wanted it to be synonymous in everyone's home that I'm drinking out of my hydro flask. I forgot my hydro flask. I need to go get my hydro flask, not water bottle. That wasn't good enough. I didn't want that. <laughs> I wanted it to be a named brand in every home. 
And I wanted people to drink water and, and, and feel good and be healthy and hydrated. And I think that's kind of part of the soul of the company. Yeah, let's talk about the soul of the company a little bit, because you said like that was the one thing you had, right? Because you, you didn't have the product knowledge and all of that. You just you just knew two things. One, you want this to become a world-class brand that everyone knows. And, and two, you wanted to have that heart and soul. And that's what you kind of like pushed into the business in the beginning. Um, what was that? Because obviously you were an explorer all your life. You still are, right? Um, and, and with that comes that need of hydration. And so there's a little bit of that. But what, what do you think that soul of the company was that is still, that, that is still kind of like ticking in, in the brand uh, today? Well, that's a good question because it, it, it's it's a complex. It's for me, it's as complex as any other living entity. You know, like when I look at my daughter, I think, "Wow, there's so much going on here. She's this, and she's that, and she's this, and she's that." Mm-hmm. And and Hydroflask is kind of the same thing. It's like, what do we stand for? Value, uh, customer service. What do I want when I talk to a company? I called. I called, I actually was a, a, a customer of one of the, the, the aluminum bottle companies and I had a really bad customer experience. I called them up and I said, look, it dented, this stuff flaked off. I don't know what it is. I'm kind of nervous. What did I ingest? And they were rude. They, they weren't friendly when I called them. They made no efforts to resolve my issues, whether they were real or not. They didn't really seem to care. And so customer service was always paramount it was always sort of up there with quality and back then i mean they were half they sold for half as much money but i but they were still expensive like i was asking people to go from not carrying a water bottle every day to carrying a hydro flask every day and also pay 25 dollars to do so when nobody else is charging 25 dollars let alone five dollars for a water bottle so we and, and you started build- you started that at the at the farmer's market, right? In the beginning, you just got, right. got your first order and you just went to the farmer's market like everyone does, right? Of like, let, let's just see yeah. how it goes. How did people how did people at the farmer's market react to something that they didn't even know they needed? Well, the very first day, it was a little bit more difficult because they'd never seen it. And I, I'd say, well, you know, we put ice cubes in yesterday at four o'clock. Today, it's 11 o'clock. And look, there's still ice. And people would think, yeah, I don't know. This might be a scam, you know, some sort of trickery going on. But I do have $20 in my pocket. And okay, fine, here, I'll try it. So the first day we got, you know, X number of sales, not, not a lot. But the following weekend, when those people came back to buy more, because they actually did drink more water, they actually did have cold colds and hot hots. And it did work. Well, $20 was cheap. They wanted five more to hand out to their friends and family. Oh, that's awesome. And it was, it was just like, oh, wow, this, you know, we need to buy more bottles. <laughs> this <laughs> and, is working. and I assume your first order was only one color, right? And the whole like color idea came, came up much later when you could actually afford to do that. The first minimum order quantity, the first MOQ, I think, was 10,000. And so we ordered 10,000. And I think... Let's say we had black, silver, 
white, red, and blue. So oh, cool. I think okay. minimums, yeah, I think the minimum per color was maybe 500 or a thousand per color. And then we ran out of money before they actually shipped because it took a lot longer That's to ship than we anticipated. <laughs> right. And so I said, well, we can't really afford the 5,000. Can we get 2,500? And the factory was kind of pissed, but the reason why they were kind of pissed was because they thought they were going to have to scrap the other 2,500 because nobody was going to drink out of these bottles. It was yeah, yeah, a yeah. stupid idea. As far as they were concerned, <laughs> nobody's going to drink out of a hydro flask ever. Complete and they loss. just lost yeah, yeah 2,500 bottles. Dang it. Sure enough, within about three months, we had that 2,500 piece, the second 2,500 piece order on the ocean. And two months later, we were ordering like 20,000. And then six months later, we were ordering 40,000 a month every single month. That's insane. And then pretty soon, 80,000 bottles every month and just like, it just was crazy. I, I think in the end, it, it turned up to be like, you know, 100,000 or so a month. And at that point, you're like, that's it. I don't want to deal with this yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like standing by the railroad tracks at the Portland Saturday market and talking to people and selling a product. But when it comes to 100,000 a month, it's like, Ah, the logistics. <laughs> well, and investors and politics yeah. and being in an oh. airplane most probably 24-7, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So let's go, let's go back to something that you and I both like talking about. Let's talk about the 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 icon, which actually really was iconic from day one. So it's in the name, but the icon. And tell my listeners, because I heard I heard you talk about this somewhere else, but tell my listeners that juicy story of an expensive marketing firm's logo presentation and the 99 Designs link. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So originally we started um, in Hawaii and my partner at the time, she knew a little bit of Corel Draw. I mean, like very basic and I knew very basic Corel draw because of our screen printing. And so when it came time to get the first two samples, we needed a logo. We needed a name. <laughs> Very and, proactive of you. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oh, you need a logo. Yes. Uh, why? Well, so we can show you that we can screen print on your bottles. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And we need a name. Well, why do you need a name? Well, so that we can show you that we can screen print on your bottles. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> so my brother actually came up with Hydro Flask, the name, and I and I hated it. I was like, no, we don't sell flasks to drink whiskey underneath the bridge. Yuck, no. And everybody else was like, no, that's it. That's the name. <laughs> okay. So we got the name. <laughs> we go into Corel Draw. We come up with this, and I'm looking at the exact bottle, actually, but we have a wave and the, you know, hydro flask and we, you know, we spent days and days on the logo. I thought it was great. We moved from Hawaii to Bend back home to Oregon. And when we started to get some traction we started to order 10,000 bottles a month, we could start seeing the revenue start sort of start to finally creep up off of negative. We realized that we need a graphic designer. We need a web guy. You know, we need a time to grow SEO. up. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We got to be a real business. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> and so the first thing we did was say, okay, we need a mark 
marketing company. And I tried a guy who was out on the East Coast and we kind of outgrew his services and he didn't want to relocate his family for a startup. And so we had to let him go. We were kind of left in a lurch. And right then a marketing company literally walked in the door and said, hey, we're here. We do full one-stop shopping for you from website, design, logo, everything. Cool. Okay. How much? It was like, it was a stupid number for us, especially back Mm. then. It was like, I don't remember exactly, but I want to say it was like $288,000. I mean, it's just asinine. It was just stupid. But (laughs) I do not program websites. I do not know the difference between this Pantone and that Pantone and how to transcribe it onto a screen and all that. So, okay, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and do that. We'll get all of the collateral. We'll get all the packaging designs and all of that. So they start and we quickly outgrew them even like we grew up so fast that this company could not keep up with us and they started falling behind. Finally, they come and they say, we need a new logo. We do not like that logo. We got to get you a new logo. So they told you you need a new logo, right? Yeah. 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 They said, we don't like the wave. And I said, I like the wave, but okay, let's see what (laughs) you got. And they came in and they put down, I don't know, maybe 25 or 30 different pieces of eight and a half by 11 paper with a color option logo on it. And none of them were all that great. And I thought, gosh, we're not off to a good start. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. is, this is a bummer, but there was one that I was a little bit interested in. It was along the same thought patterns that I had had towards what it might look like. So I just kind of said, no, thank you. And I kind of scribbled down my thoughts on the one that I kind of liked. And at the bottom of the page, it said 99designs.com. And I thought, well, that's not the name of your agency. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. No, back to the drawing board. Thanks guys. But no, we'll see you next week. In the meantime, of course I go to 99designs. I'm like, hold up. Wait a second. You're charging me 288,000 for a $1,500 package. So I was, I was pissed. Yeah. Really, really pissed. The end of that relationship. (laughs) It really was. And they had delivered zero, zero. Like we had no website. We had no collateral. We had no concepts. We had nothing. So I called them back in. I said, look, like we're done here. And they brought their HR people. They brought their lawyers. They brought the founder. They brought like their top brass Jeez. dressed up in suits. I'm barefoot. You know, like I can't, I can't find my shoes. Where are my shoes? Gosh, darn it. We've got a thousand fires I'm trying to put out. And all of these suits march into the boardroom. I'm like, oh, uh, this is, you know, we're going to see what happens here, but 288,000, like we're kind of in a bad predicament. And I, and I, I'm going through the contract. I open up the folder. I'm going through, I go through the contract at the very end of the contract, I see I haven't signed. And I, and I just, I closed the folder and I said, no, we're done. I said, I'm done paying you. I don't want anything else to do with you guys. You've delivered nothing. I'm not paying you anything. I want you all to leave. And oh, of course, they just went ballistic. I said, well, show me a signature that, signature that shows that I owe you anything at all. How amazing. And, and so the guy takes his pin, he hands it to my partner and he tells her to sign it. He's like, well, just go ahead and sign right now. We'll fulfill everything. She took the pin, starts to sign her name. 
I took the pin from her. I said, no, <laughs> I said, you guys are now trespassing and you're harassing my, my oh staff. My you God. need to go before I call the police. They were pissed. They left. Well, that was good, but bad because now I had nothing. And so I go to Craigslist, which was really the only thing I knew yeah. and said, Hey, I need a graphic designer. <laughs> and the very and you had a budget now because in, you had the money back, right? Like a majority. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I had $287,000 budget. You should get a good graphic right? design on Craigslist for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially in 2008. Yeah. So I, Yeah, put out an ad and the very first one that walked in, she came in, she sits down, she hands me this portfolio, this big actual fair dinkum portfolio, open it up like a flip book. And I'm looking at the pictures. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Hmm. She's going to, you know, like I don't even know that we can afford her. And we get to the end and I said, well, how much are you thinking? And she thought and she thought and she kind of looked at me like, I don't think you can afford me. And I thought, I don't think we can afford you. <laughs> and she says, like, I, I can't remember her exact number, but she's like, 15. I said, 15 <laughs> what? And she's like, thousand per year. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> I said, well, I can't do 15, but would you take 25? Exactly. And, and she yeah. started crying and, and, so we brought her in and I, I showed her, yeah, the very first day I showed her this little drawing that I came up with and I said, what do you think? And she goes, yeah, let's do that. And Alice and I worked for the next probably three weeks to get the logo how it was. And I was quite content. I was quite happy uh, <laughs> with it. And she was happy. We were happy. And then after I sold, you know, they went in and they corporate it. I say they ran it over with the steamroller and but, made but, it but nicely, out. right? But I mean, it's it, yeah. it, it still it still has the 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 soul of what you mm -hmm. two at that at that uh, weird moment in time created. That soul is still there, right? Like it matured. It it got a little bit more corporate, yeah. right? But it's still. Yeah. It's still there, and when you first when you first created this together with um, your new full time designer, um, what what did that logo signify to you? Like, what did that icon like? What did you want to come out with that? Because it's really hard to explain. I mean, obviously, it's a thing. It's a person. It's a thing um, that is hydrated or happy or like there's this there's this emotion in that simple icon that everyone kind of likes because it's joyful. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, it, you know, it was, it was a kind of a, a combination of just, it looked fun and he had this kind of lopsided, it's called a pirate smile that people tell me I have kind of a lopsided smile and <laughs> it had that and it had kind of a bow tie. So people kind of saw it as a, you know, black tie thing. And, and it was really, it was more of a feeling than it was thought. There was not a lot of, you know, why do we have the number of splashes and each splash on his hair represents a one value thing. Or, or, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, there was really none of that. And in hindsight, it doesn't make, it, it didn't make, and it doesn't make a great sticker. It doesn't really make a great billboard. It doesn't really make a great icon that's noticeable from a great distance. And so, you know, when I sort of lovingly say that they ran it over with a steamroller. I, I see that as 
necessary to put it up on the billboard and, yeah. and to see it from a greater distance away. And I completely agree with that. Like my, my logo design thought patterns today in 2023 versus in 20 or 2007. <laughs> <from> or <eight>. <laughs> yeah. Totally radically different now. Yeah. And, and, and quite honestly, I look at Yeti and I look at their logo and mm -hmm. I look at those stickers on trucks and I look at mm -hmm. those hats on people. And I think now there is a good logo. Yay. Yeti. Well done. <laughs> and I just, I don't really see that on the hydro flask. Um, you know, my daily drive commute, you know, driving around town, I don't really see the hydro flask logo. So I've, I kind of feel like we, we succeeded despite the logo, even though it's an iconic, memorable logo. If I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it it it, it does. It does, and it it really depends, right? Because I'm sure that a lot of my listeners are right now. What? Um, because because for for the outsiders looking in, right? That that icon because it was so iconic. Yes, it was weird, right? And maybe because it was weird, um, it was so different. It was so iconic that enabled the other six people in my in my boardroom to go out and seek that brand, right? Because it was so memorable versus the Yeti, which is just type, right? Like it was actually, mm -hmm. it was so awkward and so cool and so memorable that it just, I'm sure that even though now, you know, like you might not feel like it was as strong as it could have been, um, which, you know, I, I, I agree with in the beginning, right? But it's it was very iconic. So I'm sure it had a, a, a huge amount to do with how quickly the brand spread because it was so easy to, to put your finger on it. Like that's a hydro flask, right? Yeah. There was no confusing it with anybody else. And I think that it also sort of like the psychology of it. Now that I am really thinking about it years and years later, it's a lot kind of not similar. It's similar to the TNC surf or no, excuse me, not TNC. That's a yin yang, but the gotcha Mm -hmm. Gotcha was a it was a clothing brand that I wore back in the I 80s. remember it. It was yeah. like this little green Pac-Man guy, and I don't remember it too well, but you know, it that was kind of But it was whimsical maybe, too. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like we're not corporate, we're more whimsical. I don't need to be a, a button-up suit and tie type of corporation here, and I'm not I'm not pretending to be. Yeah. Yeah, of course, no. that's where it is now, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> Iron, <laughs> no, totally. Ironic story, right? Right. Right. I found it. I found it interesting that um, some someone like you, who who has been in nature, living that lifestyle, you know, like between all the islands and Hawaii, and then like you know in in Oregon, that for you it was never a question to not make this in China. You're like, that's what, that's just what I need to do. If I want this to be successful, I need to go there. Was that, was that typical stamp, especially back in the day when, when, when you were doing this, there was this big, like anti made in China thing today. You can't even get around it. But, but back then it was this big thing of like, Oh my God, it's made in China. Was that fact becoming an issue? And was it an issue in the beginning with your most probably more liberal outdoorsy crowd uh, that, that you sold to in the beginning? Or did no one even care? Um, all of the above, honestly. <laughs> I, uh, I had, I had, again, I had no product design experience. I had no manufacturing experience. But at the sign company, we did have a client who would take field trips to China 
to what's called the Canton Fair. And the Canton Fair is where all of, I put air quotes around the word all, but the vast majority of the factories in China go to the Canton Fair. They say, we're the best factory to make X, Y, and Z. So you go from week one to week three and you meet all of these Hmm. metal factories. And then you go from week four to week seven and here's the wood factories and the rubber and the silicone. So I asked our client, I said, wow, that's exciting. Can I come with you on one of your field trips to go find a manufacturer for these double wall vacuum insulated stainless steel water bottles? And he said, no, you can't because there's no such thing. And that would be a waste of your money and my time. And I said, oh, well, okay. I guess if it's not in China, maybe it's in America. And I called everyone I could find that did any, if, if you had the word metal or steel in your name and you were in America in 2008, chances are I reached out and asked if you'd make a double wall vacuum insulated water bottles, a water bottle for us. It just does not happen. There were only, yeah. I think like I was told like maybe three or four of these vacuums in the whole world, they were all in China and it was hard to get a time slot even on them to make a water bottle because that's really not what they were meant to do or what they were made for. So China was the only option. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's still the only option. 2023 EPA and on and on and on. We're not going to be making water bottles in America this year. And I don't know about next, but it's not looking so good. Yeah. Yeah. So makes, makes sense. The, Yeah. So it was always just made in China. So then the next thing I thought of was, okay, well, how do we, how do we be legal? I'm not looking to break laws, but I am looking to push boundaries and I'm looking to maximize our, you know, guerrilla marketing tactics that we used because of, again, lack of capital. Yeah. And so I noticed that, um, the single wall bottle company was saying, you know, and even Apple will say things like, you know, proudly designed in in California mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, responsibly made overseas or responsibly made with our partners in China. And so we just kind of started doing wordsmithing on that. And again, don't want to break the law, but how do we let you know that we're a truly an American company here in Bend, Oregon. We just have partners that we work with very closely overseas that we pay very well. And, you know, we, we do all that. So that too kind of worked into the branding and the marketing of it. Makes sense. No, it makes total sense. And you, and you mentioned your, your guerrilla marketing in the beginning, because that was super important to your growth. Um, what <clears throat> in the very beginning, what were some of those, examples that you've been doing at the time to spread the word was it was it already mainly online was it was it viral or was it at that point like something that you did in print or you know like boots on the ground well having the sign company prior it kind of gave a lot of like we had a lot of knowledge on what's available door hangers business cards brochures banners stickers swag 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 is shit we all get swag is stuff <laughs> we all get and so how do we give out more swag and less swag and stickers hats t-shirts i mean we were really a sticker hat t-shirt company because they were 
less expensive to hand out than the bottles were in the early days. And so Mm -hmm. that's, you know, even if you didn't come up to our booth and buy a bottle, you got eight stickers, you got a hat, you got a shirt. I was always taken by a company. uh, It's called You Down and they're in Hawaii. They're on Oahu and they would just plaster stickers all over the Hawaiian islands of this big U with a down arrow. And we would see them everywhere. They're on the news because they're getting in trouble and they're here and there and they make great shirts. And if, if nobody knows what this water bottle is or does, at least maybe I can get you a sticker to go put the sticker out there. So people will learn. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then at some point throughout that guerrilla marketing journey, a little bit later, uh, came the Visco girls. <laughs> so, so uh, t- tell us a little bit about for for those of us who don't know, um, you know who who the Visco girls are. This was actually tremendously important for your growth, right? It was, yeah. I had exited by that time, but I've still got a lot of sort of inside scoop on it. And the Visco girls were were really good for the growth of the company. But at the same time, it it almost kind of polarized the company also. And I was always very conscious. And anytime I do business or I consult or advise anybody, I say, you know, you got to be very careful if you pick politics or religion or sex or gender or any of that. Because if I say red and you're blue, I've just alienated 50%. If I say blue and you say red, well, there goes the other 50%. And so I was always very conscious not to tie in or get wrapped up in the, the, the current de jure of thinking or trends or anything like that, because a lot of these political trends and these, these uh, movement trends, they, they sort of fade out over time and, and sometimes even just as fast, if not faster than they came into trend. But the Visco and girls so, were not really like political, right? It was just kind of like a no, way people dressed and... It, it was though. Yeah. And that was that kind of sort of, I, I also heard a lot of the, the opposite of that, which is I do not buy a hydro flask because I am not a Visco girl. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Exactly. And so yeah. it's like, because you don't want you to be known now, for that. Exactly. Because you're so now, now known as a Visco company and I'm not, I want to be the opposite of a Visco myself. So therefore I have to drink by default a different brand because of that. Yeah. So, yeah. It, so you, you know, were, it, it's a catch 22. Exactly. You were catering to them a little bit with certain colors and this and that, but you didn't like celebrate them as much as they did you. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. And I can't really speak to the marketing of that whole Visco thing, but color was always really important. I mean, I remember growing up with my grandpa's thermos that was 800 pounds and it was mm-hmm. green and it had flaked off and they came in one color and the mm-hmm. glass was broken and it stunk and that was it <laughs> you either get green or you get green and then the green flakes off and then you got this kind of like marbled odd green thing so color was always always like paramount like i knew if i was going to walk around with which what we now today call everyday carry item it needed to at least look like it was something I paid some money for and I'm interested in and I'm not going to forget it and I'm not going to forget to use it. Yeah. So color sort of filled that role. 
That's yeah, no, that that that's huge. Um, talking about all these uh, successes of of of, of Hydroflask early on, um, you you you're an entrepreneur. You love entrepreneurs. You mentor entrepreneurs. <laughs> it's kind of like your what you're doing today, right? Um, so I also I, I always also want to kind of like look at any failures, right? Like what was which every company has. What was what was like a big like brand fail that you went through in the beginning, like in, in, in the first months or years where something happened where you just felt like, oh, that's good to talk about because other people can actually learn from it. Yeah, I think that we, we had so many and they came so <laughs> fast and furious that I didn't ever really, I still don't really dwell on like what we did wrong. I just would quickly kind of sweep it under the rug and say, oh yeah, this is what we do instead. And this is what we do now. One of the big ones though, I do remember was when we came out with, um, it was probably the third size bottle ever because we were known as such an outdoor product that I really wanted to have a one liter bottle. I wanted it to be exactly a liter because of different filtration tablets and uh, mm. just mathematically for campers and hikers, one liter was sort of the standard industry standard number. And so we, I designed a one liter bottle with the factory and with our designers and massive ad campaign. And we spent so much money on packaging and everything that goes into launching a product. And I get the a, a call about a week and a half after we had hit the market and I'd been using them and everybody in the office had been using them. Oh, this one liter is just awesome. Everybody loved it. I get a call from a guy in like Sweden and he says, I'm a scientist and this is 40 ounces. Oh, Jesus I said, no, come on now. And I'm looking <laughs> at like this massive warehouse. I'm looking at 20,000 one liter bottles, right? Oh the God. packaging, every says one liter. He says, no, it's 40 ounces. And I said, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't think you're right, but let me go get the measuring cup. And while he was on the phone, I get the measuring cup. I measure, <laughs> holy cow, we just spent tens of that <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars. And this is a 40 ounce bottle. <laughs> and you know, he was quite pleased, but I was like a little <laughs> bummed. But then, you know, we took those lemons and we turned them into lemonade and we went with the skip the shorty, go with the 40. And we went into the whole, you know, Travis grew up drinking old E from a 40 with easy E bumping in the six by nines in the Volvo. So it makes good sense that Travis is doing a 40 because where else is he going to store his old E? Not in the glass because that's going to get hot. Oh my God. How creative. <laughs> But man, I thought that was like going to be the end of us. I was like, people are not going to believe us ever again. And nobody's going to want a 40. Everybody wants a pint but, but, but I mean, a liter, uh, you know. Not to go into semantics, but this is rather important. Was the one liter printed on the bottom of the of the bottle or not? Everywhere. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. It was on the belly band. It was on the boxes. <laughs> it was on the bottle. It was in, you know, like all of the marketing, you know. Like there's, so there's 10,000, I think, I think either 10 or 20, there's probably 20,000 bottles that are marked 32, 33 ounces that are actually 40 ounces out there living in the world. <laughs> and now I'm sure they're rare and they're like, they're the collector's yeah. item. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. 
Travis, um, what after after having created uh, you, you know a brand that that pretty much everyone you know knows uh, you know nationally, definitely uh, a lot of people um, internationally too, um, and having started with Corel Draw and a sign shop <laughs> and being being at this place where you just see your brand pretty much every day you leave the house, what does what does branding mean to you today? Because it's it's a it's a very much misunderstood word, right? And you had to you had to suffer through a lot of branding mishaps yourself by partners and you know, like what does it mean to you now? Like what what is branding to you? I, I think that that branding, I still go back to the soul of the company. And it doesn't matter where in the world I am. If I see somebody drinking from a hydro flask with the Hydro Flask logo on it. And I know it's, well, I mean, I know a Hydro Flask from across a busy airport, but I know who that person is. I know what they think. I know I, I can relate to that person. And so if I see a different brand, I know who that person is also. I know, you know, more or less their social economic mm -hmm. status of, of themselves and like how much money they make and what kind of cars they drive and where they work and how much liquid they actually drink and why are they with that bottle. And so I think all of that is really with the branding and, and, and branding goes into the design because the design of a hydro flask is very much different from the design of a Yeti or a clean canteen or SIG or swell or on and on and on. Mm -hmm. But the person who drinks out of a hydro flask, isn't really likely to drink out of a swell bottle and a swell person really probably may not even drink out of a hydro flask either. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, that branding is sort of, sort of the why it, it's sort of the, the nexus. It's the starting point of everything else to come and what drives me crazy is when people say sales and marketing or branding and marketing i'm like those are three completely radically different things to put sales and marketing in one lump category i, I think it's just like it's lazy there's so much more to marketing and then branding and marketing oh yeah the brand and the market marketing that all goes hand in hand no no it doesn't Like the branding to me is something that it, it's not just a gut instinct. I think that branding people might think of it as, you know, it's a gut instinct that the client has or the customer has about a product or a company. But as the founder, I look at like the soul starts and then later the gut feeling can come later once it's kind of come to life. Because I it's based that on that, anything. right? Like it's based on exactly. that soul, right? Yeah. Concrete roots. Concrete yeah, 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 yeah. Roots. Yeah. It's it's the birth certificate. You know, it's like everything. It's it's not even the birth certificate. It's like everything that it's the human that deserves to have a birth certificate, right? Like or that gets <laughs> a birth certificate. I, I don't know if that makes any sense. I, but. I it you know. It does that that idea. Branding is the birth certificate. I love that actually because you know it's like either it's an idea, great, or it's a, it's a product already. Well, that's also great. But in order for you to actually have that spark and catch that flame, you need to you need to you need to be legit. You need to have a brand. You need to to be that right. And that that's that being the birth certificate. I think is it's it's hilarious and totally true. 
you have to encompass it. You know, you need a you need a male and you need a female to have a child. And, and no matter what anybody says, yeah, let's go deeper into today, that. <laughs> <laughs> like you need two to make three. And with Hydroflask, we were you know our second was the bottle, and our third was the customer. And so between the customers and Hydroflask, we would get new designs. Between the designs and the Hydroflask, we would get new customers. And and so it 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 was that sort of trifecta that branding sort of encompassed all of it and drove all of it. All of the product designs, all of the communication, all of the SOPs, all of the branding, all of the marketing, all of our negotiation at you know massive conferences and all of the the everything comes from branding and then grows up into marketing and then grows up into sales. Totally. 100% agree. Um, as we're going, as we're coming slowly to an end here, um, let's talk about this, this one thing, because, because my, my, my audience always loves that when, when, when I ask that. Um, but I also know that you're not someone who prepares too much for podcasts. So I'm going to throw you, I'm going to throw you right into this. Um, if there's, and, if there's, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and, and no offense to that. I, I like, please, please don't take any offense to the fact that I didn't prepare. <laughs> oh, no offense taken at all. I love that. I there's only this one question that people usually like to get a heads up, um, and I, I and, and and I send it to to my um, uh, interviewees prior. So you know. When you think about Coca-Cola, they want you to think about happiness. When you think about Evelyn, they want you to think about radical transparency. When you think about Sappos, it's about wow service. So each one of these brands kind of like, there's like a word that, that can describe their entire brand DNA, right? So we talked so much about the heart and soul of Hydroflask. Um, in, in your eyes, um, what is one word that can describe the Hydroflask brand? And maybe maybe at the point when you sold it, up to when you sold it, right? Because maybe today it's something else in your eyes. But like, what's what's that vibe, that DNA that you feel like it really it really describes the entire brand in, in, in one or two words? You're on the spot. <laughs> I, I now wish I would have prepared. <laughs> in one or two words. See, that's the hardest part. I can say 20 words. I would... I would start out with hydration and I would say that the hydration leads to health and well-being, but that's not really what we were selling. You're going to feel better if you drink liquid water, especially. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's no doubt about that. I mean, science and, 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 and even Travis, the non-scientist will tell you that if you drink more water, you'll feel better. And that's what we were selling. We were feeling that we were selling that feeling of feeling better, but I, I that's not necessarily. We weren't selling health. We weren't selling that. We were selling a little bit of community, a little bit of I drink water. I see people around me that also have the product. They drink water, and I probably get along well with that person because we make good choices. Mm -hmm. in our daily life. And so community was a little bit hydration though, was, is, you know, but it's also like in 
intelligence. I'm a smart person. I know that my brain needs water. And if I want to think better, I need to hydrate better. So I keep this with me so I can think better and I can live better. Did I, 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 so what is the one or two words that the brand means? Quality, quality, quality is there. Lifetime warranty. And I think in the end, what it is, it's most probably um, <laughs> a mixture of a lot of those. And I think it's interesting that, you know, some of those are table stakes, right? But those table stakes back when you started, the idea of hydration was a very different philosophy than it is in 2023, right? So over the first five years, hydration was actually really ownable right? because there was really not much mm -hmm. else out there. And that hydration made you look smart. And then you created that community around it where you felt like others are like me and they actually understand that BPA is bad. This is good. You know, like I, I take care of myself and I do it in style, right? And it's a smart product. So I... I, I think there are a lot of these things that, you know, it usually takes a little bit of time to like come up with that one word or those two words. So I think that enough, enough of the torture for you. Um. <laughs> Even if I had come up with one or two words, I probably would have changed it 15 times before we spoke. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not, it's not easy, but I, but I love doing that. And I think it's an, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought. Um, all right. So, so what, uh, what are you up to these days? I, I know you're running the Tumalo group. Um, uh, what, what, what are you going to be doing for the next like six to 12 months? Like what is, what is Travis Rosbach up to? I am going to sort of rebrand and restructure the Tumalo group instead of doing as many one-on-one -on -one clients as I do now, I'm going to sort of teach programs on how to bring a product to market. And oh, cool. so I'm looking to completely rebrand, which I, of course, want to talk to you about. And I want to teach. I, instead of doing as much one-on-one -on -one consulting, which I'm still doing, I still love doing. I love working with a company one-on-one -on -one for a long time and, and seeing success happen. I love that. But I also want to be a little bit more accessible for more people. So I'm, I'm in the process of building out training programs and modules and courses and things Fantastic. that I can, I can help more people bring products to market. Because I, I feel like we really need to be entrepreneurially minded in this country uh, right now and also in the future. And I believe that we need more entrepreneurs and we... Hardware is hard. Yes, that is what they say. <laughs> that is true. But <laughs> I don't believe that entirely. I think it's difficult and challenging and the barriers to entry are difficult and challenging. But I think the same thing about finances, but we still have CPAs, we still have CFOs. And I think that if we can kind of, if I can help demystify bringing a product to market, then that's going to be a good day's work. Where, where were you when I needed you? <laughs> but, but <laughs> hey, the good news is 
the good news is, I mean, my my listeners know that I'm 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 currently working on a on a product uh, start uh, startup, mm-hmm. and hardware is hard, um, and it is extremely difficult to get yourself to the right resources to get you to where you need to be. Um, so this is music to my ears, and it's going to help so many entrepreneurs get past that hurdle of like, how do I actually produce? Like, how do I make this from a great business plan, a great brand plan, a great you know like audience um, you know value? How, how do I now actually hit hit you know production that is the biggest pain point right so i i can't wait to see where you're going with that where can people find the tomalo group and and how can they how can they follow you personally or connect with you i am on linkedin travis rossback r-o-s-b-a-c-h on linkedin and tomalo group.com t-u-m-a-l-o-g-r-o-u-p.com um, or tumlo.group, T-U-M-A-L-O.G-R-O-U-P. And I agree. I think that it is hard to do hardware, but I think that if we don't let that be our mantra, if we say it is possible, hundreds of thousands of people have launched products successfully before, we can do it too. A lot of people say marketing and branding is hard, you know? And, and like for me to remarket and rebrand myself, I'm having a really difficult time with that where your listeners are probably going, well, that's the easy part. I can <laughs> brand all day long, but I'm like that painter who needs his house painted, I guess, you know, it's, so. it's always, it's always easier to read the label from the outside, right? That's how it is. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, like if I do branding all day long, you know, I have, you know, it's, 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 it's the easiest thing for me to do it for someone like you because it's day-to-day processes. I have it down. I've done it, you know, like mm-hmm. hundreds of times before the same mm-hmm. thing with you. If you worked in product mm-hmm. for that long and you went through all the hurdles, and working with China and working with with the US and working through all of these different, right? Like you, at this point, it's kind of like a walk in the park to a certain extent because you know all the problems that can come up. You know how to, you know, you know you will run into them. Um, you might be able to avoid some of them, right? But but it's it's just, it's easy when you do it. That's how it always is, right? If you're an expert at what you do, so. Exactly. And I think that's kind of why I'm so excited to get my knowledge out of my head and more onto digestible, you know, seven minute videos, <laughs> because so cool. for me, it is just, it's, it's a knee jerk reaction. Like I have, my heart rate does not raise at all. When people come to me and say, I want to r- launch a product and I don't have anything and I don't know where I even start. Like, awesome. Let's do that. Like the only reason my heart rate would increase is because I'm excited, not because I'm nervous or scared. Or it's, or it's a really crappy idea. <laughs> yeah. Or shoot. How do I have to tell you? you got how do I get out day. of here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. never a fun day. <laughs> Travis, um, this was such a blast. It, it was so awesome to hear the story um, of, of how you created Hydra Flask and, you know, all the ups and downs and all the wisdom that you shared with us. This was, this was, an epic episode 100. Thank you so much for being with us. Fabian, thank you again for having me. It's such an honor. 100. Wow. That's awesome. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm honored. Thank you. Travis of Hydro Flask. Boy, what a conversation. What a ride. Episode 100. Can you believe it? Go ahead, catch up on all the ones you missed, and I will see you in November for an awesome episode 101. Until then, do me a quick favor and leave a review of Hitting the Mark wherever you listen to podcasts. We are 100 episodes in, and I'd love to see these amazing insights 
travel farther. Your review will help that. Or pick one person that you feel would benefit listening to these unique conversations with founders of some of the most cherished up-and-coming as well as established brands about brand clarity and brand building and share it with her. Hitting the Mark is produced by my consultancy, Finian, where we create clarity for brand transformations. This episode was edited, as usual, by the amazing, by the wonderful Everett Barton. And the Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by the one and only Happiness One. I will see you next time, very, very, very soon, when we once again will be Hitting the Mark. <laughs>